You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Even though the Mishnah is written in Eretz Israel, so from one point of view, we are in the land of Israel. As we begin the Mishnah of Megillah, we feel that we are in diaspora. We feel that we're in Galut, in exile. And that will become apparent, by the way, from much of the content of the Mishnah of Megillah, which it, it, some of it, which almost reads like an instruction manual for how to run a community in diaspora, just as the Mishnah of Shekalim is an instruction manual for how to run the temple. The Mishnah of Megillah is an instruction manual for how to run a synagogue. And whereas in previous tractates that we've looked at, we've gone to verses from the Torah to find the core principles underlying halachot. Now, in order to set the framework for the Mishnah of Megillah, we're going to go to Megillat Esther. We're going to go to a book of Tanakh, which is written in Galut. So even though the Mishnah is written in Eretz Yisrael, Sefer, the, the, um, Megillat Esther, the book of Esther, is written in Diaspora. It's written in Shushan. It's written somewhere in Persia. And right at the end of the book, at, at the end of the ninth chapter, the Megillah records that after the victory of the Jews over their enemies, more, it's written that Mordechai records these events. Mordechai, Mordechai records all, all of these events, and he orders people, he, he makes them keep the 14th and 15th days of Adar every year. And he says on those days, those days should be they should be days of feasting and joy and sending portions to one another and gifts to the poor. So Mordechai, at the end of Megillat Esther, articulates the dates. And he articulates three of the four mitzvot which apply on Purim, to have a feast, to be joyful, to send portions to one another and gifts to the poor. And it's very interesting that these three mitzvot are not mentioned in the tractate of Megillah. The tractate of Megillah focuses on a a completely different mitzvah, which is the reading of the Megillah itself. And this is perhaps referred to at the end of the chapter. Um, Queen Esther writes a second, Esther writes out a second time, Esther the queen, the daughter of Abichail and Mordechai wrote with all power, So they write a second, they write out to confirm the second letter of Purim. They write out to all the Jews in the 127 provinces of Ahashverosh. 
to establish these days of Purim at their proper time. And the Mishnah is going to establish these days of Purim by reading the Megillah. And it will rely, it will begin by a discussion of what is Bismanehem? What is the proper time? That's the focus of the first and the, the first and the second Mishnayot. Megillah nikrate ba'achadatra bishnemasa bishlosha asar ba'arba'asar b'chamisha asar lofachot veloyoter. The Megillah is read on the 11th, the 12th, the 13th, the 14th, and the 15th. Never earlier and never later. So Mordechai said the 14th and 15th. We remember that the Jews of Shushan um, celebrated on the 15th because they fought on the 14th, and the Jews of the provinces fought on the 13th and celebrated on the 14th. So we have the 14th and the 15th as the days of celebration. But the, the Mishnah then explains that we can actually read from the 11th. And it will explain how. Cities which have been walled since the day of Joshua bin Nun. In other words, from the days of Moshe. Korin Asar. These walled cities read on the 15th. And you know that's an extraordinary statement. But we are in diaspora. And yet we are remembering, we're remembering the original con conquest of the land of Israel by Joshua. And the Bart, I couldn't resist bringing you the Bartanura who explains why Joshua is mentioned at this point. And the Bartanura says, and they established that cities surrounded by a wall from the days of Joshua, even though, the, even though they now lack a wall. In other words, cities that were surrounded by a wall in those days should read on the 15th like Shushan. Remember in Shushan, they fought on the 13th and 14th and they celebrated on the 15th. Any city surrounded by a wall from the days of Joshua should behave essentially like Shushan. In order to give honor to the land of Israel that was destroyed during the days of Mordechai and Esther. So those who in order that they would read like those who live in Shushan, and they'd be considered as if they were walled cities, even though, even though right now they are destroyed. And of course, the Mishnah is written after two wars with the Romans, after the war in the year 70, and after the terrible revolt and the destruction after the revolt in 120, in 120 130. So the, and and the, the rabbis had to leave their home in Yavne and they went up to the Galil. They had to take refuge, essentially. The rabbis are facing a, a, a land of Israel which is destroyed, and yet, and they're writing a tractate about the Jewish people living in diaspora, but they're thinking, they're thinking of the glorious days of Yehoshua ben Nun when 
the um, when the land was originally conquered, and then um, and then they go on to say so they'll think of Eretz Yisrael with the miracle of Purim. And then the Bas Nura gives a slightly more technical explanation, just because Joshua began to fight. Uh, Joshua began to fight with the Amalekites before invading the land. One of the first things he did on, this is on leaving, on just after crossing the Red Sea, there's a battle with Amalek. And it's written there, Inscribe this in a scroll as a reminder and put it in Joshua's ears. The battle with Amalek, which is, of course, connected with um, with Haman is connected with Joshua. So we mention in the Mishnah from the days of Joshua, because Joshua was the first Jewish general to battle Amalek. So that's why the Mishnah says, Cities which have been walled since the days of Joshua bin Nun read on the 15th. So as to remember Eretz Israel and to remember Joshua bin Nun's original battle against Amalek. Kfarim va'ayarot gadolot, villages and large towns, korin ba'aba'ah, villages and large towns read on the 14th. Ela, she'akfarim makdimim le'yom ha'knisa. But villages advance the reading to the day of gathering. So if you live in a little village, you don't necessarily read on the 14th. You can read before the 14th. That's why we saw in the Mishnah that you can read on the 11th, the 12th, and the 13th. They read before the 14th because they, wanna, uh, they want to read on the day of gathering, Yom Haknisa. And we don't quite understand what this day of gathering is. But one idea is that it's a market day. People used to come to market on Mondays and Thursdays, by the way, gathering days practically, by the way, on Mondays and Thursdays. So you might think, look, those are the days when we read from the Torah. You might think they're market days. And there is a suggestion in the Gemara that they're also days when the court would sit. And we don't know quite which is which. And I suspect that the reason the Torah is read on Mondays and Thursdays is for the same reason. It's because they're gathering days rather than the other way around. But similarly, the, the Megillah is read on Mondays and Thursdays, or at least it was in the time of the Mishnah. Today, we read it either on the 14th and the 15th. So reading on the 11th, 12th, 13th is a little bit of a historical anomaly. But anyway, that's the word of the Mishnah. And the Mishnah will then ask, Kate Sud, how does it work? How do all these dates work? And in order to explain these dating, I wanted to just articulate three principles. The first principle is that we advance the reading date, but we don't postpone it. So we can read before the 14th, but not after it. Second principle is that we don't read on Shabbat. The rabbis are very anxious that someone will come to carry um, the scroll of Esther, Megillat Esther, in the public domain and will break Shabbat. Just as we learned that the rabbis are anxious about carrying the lulav in the public domain. We don't shake the lulav on Shabbat. 
We don't blow the shofar on Shabbat outside the temple, of course, because in the temple we trust we trust people not to not to break Shabbat. But with the Megillah, we're way way after temple days, so we don't read on Shabbat. And then the third principle is, as we've articulated, that these small villages read on market days or court days, which are Mondays and Thursdays. So now the Mishnah will out, articulate how it all works. Kate said, how does it work? If the 14th falls on Monday, that's a market day. Villages and large towns read on that day and the walled places on the next day. That's pretty straightforward. If it falls on Tuesday or Wednesday, the villagers they they move it up they move it forward if it falls on tuesday or wednesday the villages move the reading up to the day of gathering i.e on monday and the large towns read on of course on on, on the on the regular day on the tuesday or the wednesday and the walled places on the next day the walled towns always read one day after the large towns if it falls on Thursday, if it falls on Thursday, the villages and the large towns read together on that Thursday and the walled places on the next day. What if it falls on Friday? What if Purim falls on a Friday? The villages move up to Thursday. They move up to the day of gathering. The large towns and the walled places read on that day. Because the towns, the, the walled places are not going to read on Shabbat. By the calendar, they should read on Shabbat. But we've said, we're not going to read the Megillah on Shabbat, even in a walled town. So they read on Friday. If it falls on Shabbat, if it falls on Shabbat, the villages and the large towns move the reading up to the day of gathering, i.e. to Thursday. Because if we're going to move, we might as well move together. So we move all the way back from Shabbat to Thursday. And the wall places read on the next day. So they can read on Friday. But if it falls on Sunday, the villages move the reading up to the day of the gathering. That's the previous Thursday. And the large towns read on that day, i.e. on Sunday, and the walled cities on the day following. And so just to illustrate that last example, we can see how the Megillah could have been read on the 11th. Remember, the, 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 the Mishnah says you can read any time from the 11th to the 15th. We can see if Purim falls on Sunday, the walled towns are going to read the following day, 15th, which is Monday. But the villages are going to go all the way back. We can't read on Shabbat. We're not going to read on Friday. We go all the way back to the previous Thursday, which is a market day or a court day. 
and they read on Thursday. So that gives you then the full range of dates now from the 11th to the 15th. We're in diaspora. We are flexible. We don't read on Shabbat, but we make sure we always read before the date in question. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. <laughs>